This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Ansami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardoj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan and broadcasted by Joy Worship at 96.5 and 98.9 FM. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Ansami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardoj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan and the Midwest, we're delighted to once again welcome to this program Governor Phil Bryant and a guest host of America's Roundtable. Governor Phil Bryant served as Mississippi's 64th governor from 2012 to 2020. Governor Bryant began his career in law enforcement as a deputy sheriff in Hines County. Governor Bryant was lieutenant governor, state auditor, and represented his legislative district in the Mississippi House of Representatives for five years. As governor, the Honorable Phil Bryant led Mississippi in implementing transformational public education reforms, promoting economic development, advancing strategic trade missions around the world, and building a competitive business climate. Governor Bryant serves on the Executive Advisory Board of International Leaders Summit and is spearheading efforts at Bryant Sanji Snell Global Partners, where he provides strategic advice and counsel and business development services to some of the world's largest industries. And with this, we welcome Governor Bryant to America's Roundtable. Welcome indeed, sir. Welcome, Governor Bryant. Good morning, Joel Natasha. It's always great to be here. Enjoy talking to everyone, and particularly good friends in Michigan. I may have never mentioned it, but back in the 1960s, I want to say 64 65, my father, who worked for the Mack Truck Company, uh, moved us all to Michigan um, and began to, his job was to open dealerships for uh, and make sure that the garage and repair shops were open, and he was a service manager, so he did that, and we were in Marine City, Michigan for a while, a beautiful, beautiful area, just something that I remember as a child uh, looking forward to returning to that area, and I did, particularly the Upper Peninsula. So we're uh, we're back in Michigan in the Midwest a little bit, talking about I think one of the nation's greatest crises that we face just now on our southern border, not our Canadian border, which I had the opportunity to cross as a child there and as a as a citizen of Michigan. 
but on our southern border, what a crisis we have there, a humanitarian crisis. Indeed, Governor Bryant, I recall when President Trump came into office, he invited you and other governors from the South to the White House to discuss and strategize how to address illegal immigrants forcing their way through the southern border. And in fact, in past decades, illegal immigrants came from Mexico. However, during the Obama years, the numbers of illegal immigrants coming from El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras swelled to much higher numbers. In fact, fact, under the Trump administration, the message was clear. We are for people migrating to the United States through a legal process, a rule of law based immigration process. And however, today, in less than 45 days of the Biden administration, we are facing a humanitarian and national security crisis at the southern border. And you mentioned humanitarian crisis. The Biden-Harris administration sent a message to nations in Central and South America that America is welcoming illegal immigrants. Governor Bryant, what are your observations of this border crisis at hand and how bad is it since most of the mainstream media is giving very little attention to this growing problem during a pandemic? And Natasha, you're absolutely right. It's a blackout. I mean, the national media, uh, there is some on Fox and I think uh, there has been some articles by Axiom and and a few others, but you're talking about a humanitarian crisis of historic proportions. Children, children as young as seven. I heard one report recently, and I had the opportunity looking at some um, some reports that I, I am able to uh, access uh, through the National Border Patrol and their press releases. But children as young as seven are crossing two or three countries different South American countries coming to the United States. And, and I can tell you, because I'm one of the few that, were, that was actually there on that southern border in June of 2017, I went to the border, went to Laredo. Our Mississippi National Guard there was flying missions and trying to identify and apprehend those illegally crossing the border at the Rio Grande there at Laredo, which is, occurs mostly at night. It is a very dangerous business for our Border Patrol, for our, our, our men and women who are there uh, struggling to try to maintain worth then in 2017, doing an excellent job because they had the backing of the President of the United States. So those numbers were decreasing. But as you see, 7, 10, 12-year-old children and those that are claiming to be children, so you could get a 21, 22-year-old that claims to be 17 crossing those borders because they know now under the Biden administration they've been promised asylum. And not only do they get asylum, uh, they are able to meet what may be a relative on the other side, normally waiting in Brownsville or Laredo, for example, and they're turned over to that relative. Now think about this. Think about taking your child, your 10-year-old child, and saying, I'm going to send you across the border with a coyote, a smuggler. And I have paid that smuggler five to $10,000 to take this child and move them across the border illegally uh, and, and so that I might be able to follow or I might be able to have someone waiting on the other side to intercept that child that would then give me the legal authority to be a citizen automatically or to be accepted for all of the benefits that Americans might receive naturally in this country, health care, for example, if they don't have a relative, which was the case many times, 
then they find someone who is supposedly qualified through the Department of Human Services, Health and Human Services, to take that child. Or that child and a coyote, someone meets them on the Laredo side and finds a waiting adult to turn that child over to. Now, I can tell you the horror stories I heard in 2019. I said 17 earlier. It was actually 2019 when I was there in the Black Hawk, in the helicopter, with the Border Patrol, with the Mississippi National Guard. And we actually apprehended a pair of illegal immigrants that night crossing the Rio Grande and coming into the American, uh, across the American border and into Texas there in Laredo. It's a very dangerous occupation to be a Border Patrol because as we were in the helicopter calling in the location of these individuals, Border Patrols on the ground were making their way through this very thick underbrush, cactus, the peyote, the the difficulty of finding these individuals and then apprehending these young adults that happened to be that night. But what happened is these children are brought across and turned over to an adult. Uh, We can only imagine the horrors that befall them after that. This is a national crisis brought about by the Biden administration unnecessarily. And you are so right, Governor Bryan, that this is a major catastrophe, a a crisis of significant magnitude. Uh, And in fact, the Department of Homeland Security currently projects that there will be 117,000 unaccompanied child migrants crossing the border this year. And that's just basically equal to the amount of the city of Lansing, Michigan, the state capital of Michigan, 117,000 unaccompanied child migrants and there is a total media blackout and who is going to take care of these children coming into america and that's the question we should all have now look i am for abiding by the federal law all of them as we began to uh, try to enforce our borders in the state of mississippi when i was governor to identify who was entering this state and this nation illegally I had our liberal media, of course, question me as to why I would do that. And I would tell them because I believe in law and order. I believe in biding by the laws. Now, they would say, yes, but these are people who are being forced from their country and they're seeking a better life. All of the excuses that the liberal media and the Democrats make. But I would ask them, if you want me to ignore this law, what other laws do you want me to ignore? Should we just ignore any law that we don't particularly like? or that might not be uh, accepted by the New York Times or by CNN. No, no, no. This is a humanitarian crisis where these children are being trafficked. I can assure you I have been on that border. You've talked to the Border Patrol. These young children oftentimes are brought across that river, sent across that river by someone who has been paid to do that, and then they're turned over to someone that will traffic, sexually traffic those children. This is horrible. This is this is something that you know that the Trump administration was criticized for holding these children. But my goodness, would you want to just release them to someone who is a, is going to traffic in these children? This this is a horrible human catastrophe that is taking place that no civilized society uh, should recognize or should allow to happen. Also. If you look at the immigrants that are uh, crossing those borders, at least 108, 
that we can identify so far, 108, have the COVID virus. So we've got, we've got 108 that have the COVID virus that have been released, tested positive, and now have been released. They will find their way to Lansing, Michigan. They will find their way to St. Louis. They will find their way to Chicago. They, they know that that's where they're headed. As we tell Americans, stay at home. Don't go to work. Don't open your business. Don't open your restaurants. But oh, by the way, if you cross the border with COVID, we're going to release you into the general society. This is wrong on so many levels that something has to be done about it. The Biden administration now is out begging for 20,000 beds. They're trying to find people who will take these children into their homes uh, or they are, as I said earlier, releasing them to individuals that identify themselves as relatives or parents. It's hard for us to, to know that. I am told the cartel business is spiking. The cartel is having trouble finding enough coyotes to move these individuals at five to $10,000 a piece, these children across the border into the United States. Uh, I just do not imagine that the Biden administration realizes what they have done uh, with this humanitarian crisis on America's border. Right. And we, we are dealing with an incompetent and dishonest Biden administration. Biden's Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who calls this southern border emergency a challenge, a mere challenge, blamed President Trump for dismantling our nation's immigration system in its entirety. Those are his words, dismantling our nation's immigration system in its entirety. On the contrary, one of the many accomplishments of President Trump's administration was to bring law and order, as you said, to our immigration policy in a series of principled and well-thought policies based on the rule of law and their full enforcement. Now, as you mentioned, cartels, human traffickers, smugglers are charging from five to $10,000 per person, promising, actually guaranteeing to the migrants that there is a Biden administration that will allow them to stay in America. And this criminal business model pays off. Smugglers deliver on the promise with compliments to our Biden-Harris administration for maintaining and perpetuating organized crime networks in Central America. Governor Bryant, how do we end this vicious cycle of Biden-Harris administration strengthening the organized crime in Central America, which forces people to flee their respective countries in the first place? Well, of course, we should return um, to the Trump administration's policies. We should say, for example, that those individuals that are seeking asylum, particularly those children, are kept in Mexico until we can identify who they actually are, until we know that these individuals are seeking asylum, that they have some legitimate reason to be here in the United States, that they're not being trafficked by the cartels. Let me tell you something else that will happen. I have no hope that the Biden administration will do that, that migration protection protocols, the migration protection protocols that the Trump administration had said that the individuals would remain in Mexico and until they could be identified as legitimate asylum seekers. So we'll never go back to that MPP protocol that we should uh, and working with El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras to 
to try to make conditions better as the president of the United States than Donald J. Trump was trying to do. But just the sheer numbers, and, and as you mentioned, the Homeland Security Director saying that it's not a crisis, it's just a challenge, while up at the same time, the White House was announcing that those migrant children numbers would exceed the all-time record by 45%. Joe, you said it earlier, 117,000 unaccompanied children in 2020. Now, just add that on top of not only is that occurring because they understand that once they get across that open border and you're looking for Brownsville, Texas, to San Diego, California, without a fence. And let me tell you, that border and that fence works. They're going to put a fence up around the Capitol. Why? There's a fence up around the White House. Why? Because it stops people from getting in. Almost every one of these very wealthy senators that you see with these huge multi-million dollar mansions around the nation uh, have fences around them. You just can't drive up and get into the home of some of the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. I assure you, she has a very protective area in San Francisco, but we can't protect our country. So when they stopped the building of the wall then that sent a dog whistle, if you will. It was a loud dog whistle to South America. Send us everybody. Send us anybody that you have. And the peaks normally come in May and June. Again, I was in that June of 2019 in Laredo. That was at the peak time where hundreds a night were coming across. And they were doing everything they had with the backing of the Trump administration to stop that. And now, as we're saying, open the floodgates and let them pour in. On top of, you keep hearing the 11 million. Oh, 11 million. This goes back to the Bush administration when they were using the 11 million dreamers. There's 11 million undocumented, as they're so-called, in the United States now. Those numbers are incorrect. You haven't heard a change in that in the last decade. Does that mean no one else came into the United States? Well, that's ridiculous. Those numbers could be 20 million. Those numbers could be 30 million. That this president and this administration is, is saying we need to make them citizens. They need free health care. They need to go on to the Medicaid rolls. They need to get free housing. They need to get free protection from our police and fire uh, departments. Think about that. They need to vote. This is all about gathering Democratic votes. This is about making sure that Democrats are elected president, the United States Senate. This is about redistricting all of the congressional districts, adding 30 million people. So Michigan is a little under 10 million people. So you're about to add maybe three Michigans, uh, another Florida, 20 million people in Florida. So you're about to add another state of Florida the majority of which will vote Democratic. Now, you hear the argument, oh, these are very faithful people. Many of them are Catholic. They're pro-life. Okay, I get that. And look, I've been to Mexico. I went on mission trips with my church to Mexico to build a medical clinic outside of, in La Jolla and Cuervaca. So I've been there. I, I've seen uh, Mexico and the conditions that it's in. And it's struggling. So I understand that if I was living anywhere else outside of America, I'd be trying hard to get here. And there's a legal way to do that. But you're going to bring in 30 million people that are being told, we will take care of you. Vote for the Democratic president, the Democratic senator, congressman, mayor, governor. 
and we will take care of you. They are accustomed to government somehow saying, we are a socialist type nation, we will take care of you. That's why they'll vote Democrat. That's why they're being allowed in. We concur with you, Governor Phil Bryant. Democrats appear to be ignoring the real border crisis while hyping threats to the capital. It seems that they are more concerned about erecting barriers within the nation's capital and keeping National Guard troops in the city and neglecting the key responsibility of securing our borders where the present and real dangers are to be found. On February 3, 2021, a few weeks after the Biden administration entered the White House, you must sector Border Patrol agents in Arizona arrested a group of 11 Iranian citizens who illegally crossed the border into the United States. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection released a statement. I quote, the five females and six males are all from Iran, a special interest country, unquote. Iran is designated as a state sponsor of terrorism, and the message it sends to countries that wish to do harm in America is that our border security is now weaker than ever. The concerns that we at International Leaders Summit and America's Roundtable have relayed is that organized crime networks and terrorist groups work together in tandem. In fact, each year, over $30 billion in heroin originating in Afghanistan, Pakistan, enters Europe through the perilous Balkan route. These same organized crime networks are known for human trafficking as well, and the illegal proceeds benefit terror networks such as Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Hezbollah, and Hamas. While some are concerned that weapons of mass destruction can enter the heart of Europe via the Balkans, we in the United States are now weakening our southern border with an open border policy. Strong border security is to deter illegal immigration and stop terrorists who may want to enter the United States. The Biden administration policies are depleting our resources, placing our border patrol in greater danger, eroding the rule of law. Governor Bryant, should Americans be concerned about the Biden policy that seems to weaken our border security, with the federal government abdicating its responsibility to protect America's southern border? And what can state governors and state legislatures in the South do to protect their communities and protect America? We should be horrified. I spoke to the sheriff when I was there in Laredo, who's on the ground every day, and more people die in his county crossing uh, than anywhere else because the coyotes would bring them in and get them into that very arid desert area and say, all you have to do is keep walking. Houston is 10 miles ahead. And of course, Houston was hundreds of miles. So they would die there in the desert. It's horrible. But also, as you say, Iranian citizens. I was told by the Border Patrol that if you're a Chinese national and you want to cross that border, it's $30,000. And they, they invite the Chinese nationals to come in and the Iranians to come in and smuggle them across. Also, China, this is the open door for fentanyl. Now, if you want to talk to anyone in a major city, and it doesn't matter in the rural area, Find out how many of their children have died of overdoses of fentanyl. I can tell you in my early career, I worked undercover narcotics cases. We had some measure of brown heroin that was, and we thought that was bad. LSD, it's not anything compared to fentanyl, a dropper of which could kill a room full of people. 
And this Chinese fentanyl is being uh, brought right across that border. An 11-year-old child, an 8-year-old child will be given a bag, and it will contain uh, drugs, fentanyl. It will contain cocaine, crack cocaine, and that child will be taken across that border. Or if you want to pay your way in as an adult, you may not have the $5,000. Good. You're going to smuggle this drugs, these drugs across the border, There'll be a man in a black pickup truck across there. He'll pick you up. You give him the drugs. He's going to put you back on the streets of Laredo. Now, this is the reality. Just go talk to the men and women of the Border Patrol, many of which are second and third generation Hispanic, many of which their parents came here legally, went through the lines, and there's nothing more American than a citizenship obtained legally and properly, the naturalization service that goes on when you see those individuals raise their right hand and become citizens of the United States is so touching. That's the way it's supposed to be done. But the criminals, the criminals in South America, Central America, and Mexico have been given a dog whistle of approval. The drugs, the violent offenders that will pour across that border, the the children that will be abused and raped and trafficked is going to be horrible. And we should do all that we can. I know mayors and sheriffs and governors, the governor of Texas is doing all that he can. Again, our men and women on on the ground of the National Border Patrol and Homeland Security is doing all they can. But when you have the president of the United States opening the door, Uh, When you have them saying, even if you have COVID, it doesn't matter. Even if we can't really identify who your parents are, it doesn't matter. Uh, We're going to get you into the United States. Uh, We're going to provide 20 million illegals, free health care, free TANF payments, uh, free protection, free housing. We cannot imagine in the next year what it might look like. You mentioned 117,000 unaccompanied children. 117,000 children. The Biden administration must get a handle on this. Uh, I can only hope that they will hear the voices. The American citizens won't know it because the media won't tell them. Only America's roundtable today and maybe a few others are telling you the truth. Thank you so much for your continued leadership, Governor Phil Bryan, in raising these important issues for our fellow Americans. Thank you indeed for joining us on America's Roundtable. Thank you, Governor Bryan. Thank you so very much. Look forward to my next opportunity. God bless you all. We are dealing with an incompetent and dishonest administration, which is using vulnerable immigrants and placing children in harm's way so they can lure them as voters in the near future. This is treason to hardworking, law-abiding, tax-paying Americans. Where is the consent of the governed here? Along these lines, House Democrats just passed the Voting Rights Bill. We shall follow these developments with the Voting Rights Bill in the Senate in the days to come. This legislation would remove state voter identification requirements, make universal mail-in voting permanent, require states to offer online and same-day voter registration, and 15 days of early voting nationwide, among other measures. This is a perfect setup for another election fraud. Legalize as many illegal immigrants as you can, place all their names on the voter lists, send mail-in ballots to all, visit their homes in ballot harvesting, make them vote even if they're not citizens. Nobody will be able to question the results of the next elections. Election fraud happens regularly in the developing world, and we should get prepared. 
not to allow it in the United States of America next time. Election integrity is vital. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Insami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org.